0: You're listening to a live recorded teaching of the Sunday gathering at Proclamation Church in Nashville, Tennessee. We hope that this teaching reminds you of the love that Jesus has for you. To find out more about Proclamation Church or to support the mission and vision of our ministry, visit us at proclamationtn.com. A well, good morning, family we are going to be reading Luke chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to open up your word today. As we uh, begin this, this new little mini-series on what it looks like for us to, uh, to pray, to cry out to you, to ask you to move uh, in the middle of things that we are trying to do, in the middle of us trying to uh, be focused on you and uh, be committed to your mission. Lord God, um, we know that we can't do this without you. So I pray as we cry out to you uh, and think through these things over the next few weeks that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive what needs to be said, uh, that Father, that I would... Uh, decrease and you would increase. I pray, Father, that the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. Well, good morning. Uh, over the last few weeks now, uh, we have been hitting on uh, our, our vision statement, uh, the direction that we believe that the Lord has been leading us. Uh, and one of the things that we have been saying this vision statement is that we want to be this diverse family uh, of disciples on mission to see the flourishing of the church, the city, uh, and our world. And it's been great. Uh, I hope that you guys, for you all who have been coming uh, since the beginning of the year, that you've enjoyed this thus far. Um, it's kind of been a little bit different. Um, I haven't been the one that's been teaching at all. And that's great, great because God is kind and uh, has given us great leaders to, to be able to fill in, and it's been uh, pretty dope. Uh, but what's uh, really cool is in the midst of this is we've been talking about what it means for us to be this diverse family, as we've been talking about what it means for us to be on mission, specifically where the Lord has called us to be, right, uh, and and where we are, how this mission is very urgent. Uh, we shared last week how in the middle of all of that, right, as great as all those things are, we can't do this work unless the Lord is moving, Right? Psalm 121, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers do what? Labor in vain, right? Thank you, Bishop. Like, we can't, we can't do this thing. And so for us, we, before we start talking about what it means to have the church and our city and the world flourish, we need to pause and, and look at what it means for us to pray and ask God to do the work because what's easy for us to do is think that all of it relies on us, our skills, our abilities, the things that we know, all these different things, right? That we need to say, you know what? No, this ain't about me. It's not about what I bring to the table, but everything that the Lord can and will do. He just invites us to be on mission with him. And one of the greatest ways that he invites us to be on this mission with him is through prayer. And so what we're gonna do between now all the way up until Easter is we're gonna talk about prayer. We're going to talk about prayer, and the name of this mini-series is called Let Us Pray. Let Us Pray, okay? So uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to do this thing. Uh, We are going to be looking at, number one today, what it looks like to talk to God, okay? Next week, we are going to look at uh, talking with God, right? The next thing that we're going to look at is listening to God, and then the last week is going to be meeting with God, being with God okay, because the reality is, I think, and we're gonna see today that oftentimes when we talk about prayer, we don't truly understand the beauty of what we get to do. We are communing with the creator of everything, and he is gracious enough, as we're gonna see today, to invite us in to have a conversation with him, right? And, and I love that, and my hope is that we truly understand that today, but here's the thing, right? Especially when we look at the next four weeks, After it's all said and done, let's be honest. Can we go ahead and fast forward as to where we're going to be? Let's be honest. We can do all those things, and sometimes as we're praying, still feel like God's not listening. Can we be be real, right? So the sermon series doesn't stop with just those four things. The next week after that, we're going to look at what do we do when it feels like God's not answering our prayers. That's going to be good. And then that's going to lead us right up to, to Holy Week, where Good Friday, we're going to be looking at uh, the prayers of Jesus, uh, specifically his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, and then on Easter Sunday that we're going to celebrate, we can't wait to, to worship together, right? Our risen Savior, we can do that now, but we know what that symbolizes, right? We're going to be looking at his prayer on the cross. So it's a pretty lengthy little series, mini-series, it's not much of a mini-series, it's, it's a mini-ish series, I guess I should have been saying. Uh, But today we are gonna be looking at what it means to talk to God, okay? Now, here's what's really cool about this. So for the next four weeks, uh, you guys know that I'm a a huge fan of of John Mark Comer, so excited about the gift that he is to the church. Uh, He has a website called practicingtheway.org, okay? Now, there is a prayer guide that is on that website that what I'm going to do, I've already downloaded it as a PDF, it's completely free, Uh, I reached out to one of my buddies who works for them, and he's like, yes, your church can use it. So we're not stealing or plagiarizing or anything like that, okay? It's gonna have all day names on it, but they say we can use it, okay? So I'm going to email that thing out to the entire church. Now, here's what I need to do. This is a little uh, housekeeping, okay? Uh, We send out emails every week to the church, uh, newsletters and things like that. Uh, Since we've started Lent, I've been emailing out prayer guides that some people in the church have have written. If you have not been receiving emails from from us, I need you to let me know at the end of the service, okay? Typically, I would tell you to go reach out to Rev Kev, our our executive pastor, but Kev and Hannah, they just had their baby. Hey-oh! So I'm excited for Kev. I'm sad for me because... There's a lot of things that Kev does that I didn't know, right, that now I'm about to know a lot, right? I sent him an email today or a text message. I was like, listen, I'm going to let you get all that paternity leave. I'm not going to bother you, but I'm bothering you now. I need you to send me an email of everything that you do because I'm scared, all right? I'm I'm scared. I'm nervous. And uh, we know that he does a lot. So uh, pray for myself, Bishop Jordan and and Abby, because we're going to be stressed out for the next, what is it, six weeks? Is this paternity leave? It's terrible, I don't know, <laughs> it's a lot of time. So if you guys wanna serve the church in a different way, come talk to your boy, okay? All right, glad you here. I'm gonna send this email, like I said, if you, didn't get, if you don't get our emails, let me know, okay? Um, that'd be fan, fantastic. Um, let's jump into this, okay? Paul Miller, in his book, The Praying Life, says this about our prayer life. Our praying life feels like our family meal times because prayer is all about relationships. It's intimate, and hence that eternity. We don't think about communication or words, but about whom we're talking with. Prayer is simply the medium through which we experience and connect to God. I love that. And with that, question, with that statement, I got a question for you guys. Family, how connected do you feel to God? How connected do you feel to God? How intimate of a relationship do you have with him? Because here's the thing, the connectedness and intimacy that we should have to God, listen, is rooted in prayer, talking to God. And what we see in these short verses here, Jesus is showing us at the very beginning of this text that we read what it means to be in this posture of being connected to God, to being able to have conversations with him. I find it so fascinating that the disciples, they don't ask, Jesus, other than, they don't ask Jesus any questions on, you know, uh, how to multiply fishes and, and bread, right? How to cast out demons, none of those things. They ask him how to pray. And I think as, you know, we give the disciples a hard time often because they're asking like silly questions quite often and they don't seem to get the things that Jesus is trying to teach them throughout the gospels. But the thing that I think that they get here is they realize that there's something special about the things that Jesus does in the, in his ministry and how it's connected to the intimacy that he has with God. And so they're like, yo, why don't you teach us to do the thing that you do in being with God? And they say, Jesus says, okay, this is, this is what I want to I do. I want to teach you guys how to pray. Now, here's the thing that hopefully this will encourage us this, this morning as we continue on in this series here is, they're asking Jesus to teach them how to pray communicates that we ourselves need to be taught how to do this. There's nobody in this room that was born a natural prayer. You didn't just come out the womb and be like, sweet Jesus, let me give you all the praise, right? You didn't do that because our, our natural posture is to be anti asking God for things because we want to oftentimes solve things in our own strength. We talked about that just a second ago. We want to operate in our own power and our own ability. We don't want to rely on anyone. But, but prayer communicates dependence, and we have to learn to depend on God because our entire lives we've been depending on ourselves. We're dependent on things that we think is going to give us joy. and So what does Jesus do in these verses? He shows them how to depend on God which shows us the very first thing this morning and this posture that we need to have to talking to God is this. Talking to God is rooted in relationship. Talking to God is rooted in relationship. Look at the very beginning of verse two. What does it say? He said, and he said to them, when you pray, say what? Father, father. That's beautiful. Jesus understood God as being his father and now he's inviting the disciples and now by proxy us as well to understanding the same thing about God. Is the very first thing that Jesus wants us to understand about what it means to talk to God is that God is our Father. Now, here's the thing. When we hear that statement, right, the vast majority of Christians, we hear that and we're like, duh, that makes sense. We know that. We, we've been taught that since we were little kids to, to look at God as, as Father, right? But this statement here during this time would be completely mind-blowing to the disciples, And the reason why is because when you see the term, let's even think about the the Old Testament. When you see the term father used in the Old Testament, nowhere do you see it referenced to God. But now Jesus is saying, hey, talk to God as father here. I I need you to understand that there's something beautiful about this, okay? Excuse me, I meant to say addressing God in prayer uh, as father, okay? Now, this is one of the reasons why the Pharisees were so upset with Jesus is because this was the part of the claim that would lead to him dying. This was a, this was a blasphemous statement to, to see God as, as a, a father or intimate. Like, no, no, God is completely separate from us. How dare you put him on our level? And so it was this thing that would be the very thing that would lead to his death on the cross, that would lead to the forgiveness of our sins, which actually ties all of this stuff together. What do I mean by that? It's in the death of Jesus and our submitting to him as, uh, as Lord and Savior that saves us from our sins, right? And it's in us being saved from our sins that we are now adopted into the family of God, which now gives us the opportunity to what? See God as Father. You see how it's full circle? So when Jesus is telling the disciples to address God as Father, he wasn't incorporating universal language, He he wasn't saying, hey, this access to God as Father is for everybody. No, he's saying, yo, this is for you specific because you're part of the family. Because of what I'm going to go and do for you, this is why you get access to him. You have a relationship with him now, not just as some other being. Yo, he is your father. Which makes you what? Child. You belong to him. I love that. Can I ask you a question? When you hear that does, you, does that, does that bring a level of intimacy and excitement in your life? Or do you view God as this other being still that, you know, anytime you mess up, there's like, oh, he's up there looking at you disappointed. Here they go again, tripping, right? Do you know, if, if, you, if you are found in Christ Jesus, I need you to hear me say this. God is looking at you right now, and you know what he is? Pleased. He's Pleased. In the same way that he looked at Jesus and says, this is my son, I am pleased. He is looking at you right now saying, this is my son, this is my daughter. I'm pleased. I love them. I'm passionate for them. I'm thankful for them. Listen, that communicates a desire that God has for us. I love that. God right now is saying over you, I want you. I desire you. I'm calling you. Can can we be honest here in this space? We all want to be wanted. Can we agree to that? And here's the thing. There are many of you who like, yo, I don't need nobody. Don't lie to yourself. You want to be wanted, right? When you you were a kid and you got looked over at PE class or, you know, kickball or something like that, yo, that hurt your feelings, didn't it? When, when that person didn't hire you for that job, that hurt your feelings, didn't it? When someone chose someone else over you, that hurt your feelings, right? I can keep on going all day long. We all desire to be wanted, and we see it play out in, in different ways, but here's the thing. Oftentimes, when we kind of get into that headspace of, man, how come nobody wants me? We need to remember the fact that God did, and he does. And he did everything to attain that relationship with us. And here's the the crazy thing. It ain't because we special. Can can we be honest? There ain't nothing fancy about us. But he still showed his favor, his grace. I love that. That's amazing to me. Which, Which should prompt in us this idea, this understanding, right? God and who he is, taking a a liking to us, really? Does he know what I've done? <laughs> does he know how I've operated? Yes, he does, and he still wants us, which should overjoy us, which speaks to the second thing with talking to God. Talking to God should always leave us in awe of who he is. What do I mean by that? So at the second part of verse two, he says, you know, Father, Father, uh, uh, Where am I? Am I I dropping my ball here? Yes, I did. He says to them, whenever you pray, say, Father. And then he says, your name be honored as holy. Okay? Why? Because that's who he is. He's holy. He's set apart. Many of you guys grew up hearing that phrase as you read this before. uh, Hallowed be thy name, right? King James Version. You guys memorized that version I did, right? Hallowed just means holy, to be revered. And essentially that's what what Jesus is saying is like, hey, when you acknowledge God as Father, that communicates the relational aspect here, but we also need to understand that he is a completely holy, still set apart individual. He's revealed himself to us, but in his revealing himself to us, we now have the opportunity to see his character on display towards us as he responds to us. And in return, our response should be one of awe and wonder and respect Again, going back to what I was just saying, does he know the things that I've done? (laughs) And he still wants me? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) To be holy is to be unique and special and without any parallel in the universe. And that's what God is. And he still loves us. So we honor him. We we are in awe of that. To honor God's name is to have this heart of, of grateful joy towards him because he loves us. And even more, a wonderful sense of his, his beauty, right? Again, consider how different this is from the normal way we step into prayer, right? Hardly ever do we find ourselves in this posture of prayer thinking, oh my gosh, I get to talk to God. <laughs> this is bananas. He, he wants to have a relationship with me, <laughs> right? Very rare do we find ourselves there. How, Oftentimes when we go to pray, it's usually, you know, dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you're here. Listen, here's my list of things. I got some stuff you need to do, right? Is that just me? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> this, is, this is how we typically come to God. Here's the thing. We may believe that God is holy and we may believe in God, but our deepest hopes and happiness typically rest in the things or how successful that we could be in life uh, in our social relationships, the things that he can help us with, right, the things that he can change, we, we're like, all right, God, you're good, and we know that you could do these things, so do it. Then I'll keep on operating in the way that I want to operate. Then I'll function the way that I'll continue to function. I, I want you to hear me say this. It's not wrong to ask God for things. Okay? You guys hear me? Yes. Thank you. It's not, it's not wrong to ask God for things. But the main point of prayer, talking to God, isn't to ask for stuff. Family, it's to be with the Father. Do we we want the job? Yes. Ask God for that. Do we want healing for our loved ones and family members? Yes. Ask God for it. We're going to talk about why we get a chance to ask to God for those things. But what I need us to understand If we ask God for the things and we still don't get the stuff, can we still be content that we still got God? That's where we need to be, family. I'll ask it a different way. Do you view your prayer as an opportunity to be with your father or simply an opportunity for your circumstances to be altered? Jesus is showing us, yo, you get this opportunity to talk to God, praying to him. You get to commune with him and see him as your father. And when you really understand what the opportunity that you have in that, it changes you. It doesn't just end there. Yes, prayer changes us because it gives us a chance to see God as our father. We get to see him as holy, and it puts us in the spot of awe, right? But the third thing that we see when we're talking to God, it puts his will in our mind. What do I mean by that? Look at the end of verse 2. Jesus says what? Your kingdom come. Man, that's so convicting to me. Because here's the thing. When we begin to pray for God's kingdom over our own, the idols of our lives will start to be revealed. This goes back to only coming to God with having him fix or give us things, right? He's saying here that if you're pleading and pleading with God to accomplish this thing for you, instead of saying your will be done, your name be magnified, your name be seen as great, your name be worship, that you're missing the mark is what he's saying. When we talk to God, it should not be trying to get God to work out every detail in our lives, but it gives us an opportunity to focus on making those details line up with God's will. I'll explain what I mean by that in just a second. I'll explain it now. What's his will? That his kingdom will come. That's his will. Okay? This is what I mean by that. Okay? Again, I want you to hear me say this. There's nothing wrong with praying for healing. Okay? There's nothing wrong with praying for provision. Okay? There's nothing wrong with going to God with the issues that are plaguing our hearts and our minds. He wants us to. Why? This is where this gets, it starts to hit home, okay? The reason why he does want us to ask for those things is because the pain and hurt that we walk through is not a part of his coming kingdom. It's okay to ask for healing for that loved one because in the coming kingdom, sickness will be gone. And so we're asking for those things now to see his kingdom come. When we see injustice in the world, yo, that should frustrate us. Why? Because that's not a part of his coming kingdom. And so we pray to see justice take place. You see what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with asking for the thing, but we need to make sure that the thing is lining up with God's will. And here's the thing that we have to be on guard for is this. Do we pray for things to find our comfort in this world or are we focused in the coming, uh, for the, uh, the kingdom that's coming? If, if I'm, listen, I, I love being comfortable. Can, can, can we just, I love it, right? When I get home from, from here, I'm taking my shoes off. I'm going to put on, as uh, Rachel calls them, you know, soft pants, right? <laughs> get me a blanket. I'm going to be comfortable, right? I love that. We enjoy being comfortable. We enjoy comfort. But here's the thing that I need to realize, right? Man, my comfort's not find, found in the things. My comfort is not found in what sits, you know, great for me. My comfort should be found in the kingdom that's coming. And that's what my heart should be longing for. That's where I should be focused on. And in Jesus, the kingdom of God is beginning to be realized. And I love that. Jesus believed that the kingdom was something to be valued. This is why he spent a major portion of his ministry saying, yo, the kingdom is coming. the kingdom of God's at hand. He understood that the kingdom was was valuable and that it was joy-inducing and that this kingdom includes everything that God has done through Jesus and what he will do because of Jesus. Now, what's that? Make all things new. Right all the wrongs. Make every sad thing untrue. And all of that is for our good and ultimately his glory, that redemption and salvation and satisfaction and healing, both spiritually and physically, will be present in this kingdom. So Jesus says, yo, pray for that kingdom to come. That's what we should be focusing on. That's what's gonna be amazing. In Matthew, it says, your kingdom come on earth as it will be in heaven. Again, this is what it looks like. If you look at the grand narrative of Scripture, you see creation, fall, redemption, restoration, right? Creation, Genesis, God created all things good, right? The fall, Adam and Eve sin, that sin not just impacted them, impacted every single one of us and humanity for years and years to come, right? But then you have redemption take place. Jesus said all the way back in Genesis, or God said all the way back in Genesis, I'm going to send someone, who we now know is Jesus, and Jesus lived the life we couldn't live, died the death that we deserve to die, right? Rose victorious from the grave, showing that he was God enough to save and God enough to bring redemption, which now falls into uh, where we are now in this restoration process, seeing all things be made new. And part of that is what we operate in, not just as believers, but as the church, This is why there's this emphasis, uh, the emphasis that we had the last two weeks on mission, going out and not just, you know, uh, 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 with word, but also in deed. Being about seeing transformation take place. This is what the miracles of Jesus pointed to in Scripture, that Jesus is bringing about the kingdom of God, and in, in that kingdom resides healing from all hurts and all brokenness and all oppression. Here's the thing, when you're talking to God and you close your eyes and You're asking for this kingdom to come, and when you open up your eyes and you see that the kingdom is still not fully revealed because of the brokenness here, yo, that should make you sad. We should be sad when our friends and family members are sick. We should be sad when we see racial injustice. We should be sad when we see the poor mistreated. We should be sad when we see people go without We should be sad when we see death. We should be sad when we see discrimination in all forms. But in our sadness, family, it should push us to pray. To talk to God about it. There's something going on here, Father. This isn't a part of your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. I love that we sang that song. We didn't plan that. this, This is great when the Spirit does that. It's fantastic. But then... It should also push us to stepping out and doing the things that he is calling us to do. Listen, it is by praying that we see how God sees and respond how he wants us to respond. Our concern should be the kingdom of God. When we pray, it focuses our heart on that. When we talk to God, it focuses our heart on that. And what's so beautiful about that, what naturally happens is that we begin finding ourselves praying for others way more than we're praying for ourselves. We begin thinking, you know, hey, there's someone else who has a need. There's someone else where I want to see the kingdom take shape in their lives and where they are. We find ourselves beginning to pray for lives to be transformed or altered for his glory and his good purposes. Now, again, I want to make sure that we all understand something here, okay, because... Because, we start, because when we start being focused on others, that does not mean that we should stop praying for ourselves. I want to make sure I'm, I'm clear there, okay? I need you to hear me and nod your head. It is okay for you to pray for yourself. You hear me? To say this out loud. I can, I can pray for me. Praise God. Yes, you can. Ain't nothing wrong with that, okay? Because here's the thing. Yeah, take a sigh of relief, Katie. It's, <laughs> I need to. We need to be praying for ourselves. And, he, and here's what's beautiful about that, okay? This is the fourth thing that I want us to see in this. When we talk to God, it reminds us that he cares for us. When we're talking to God, it reminds us that he cares for us. Was that he doing? Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> look, at, look. I didn't read it here, but Luke chapter 11, 11 through 13. I didn't read it earlier, I'm going to read it now. He says this, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly, will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I love this for a couple reasons. Number one, this analogy that Jesus uses is funny. It really is. I, I, I truly wonder if the disciples heard that and chuckled. <laughs> like Jesus is making jokes, right? Uh, essentially what he's saying is like, yo, Derek, if, if, if Michael came up and was like, Dad, could you make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And I was like, you know what? We don't got no peanut butter or no jelly, but I got this whole scorpion for you, a rattlesnake. Throw it at them, right? Eat that, right? What's going to happen? The snake's going to bite them. A couple things are going to happen. The snake will bite them. You guys will call social services on me, right? Right, I'll be out of a job, of course. Yeah, you don't do that. And that's, and that's what Jesus is getting at. Bro, no one's going to give their, their child a snake to eat. That snake is going to harm that child. And he's saying, yo, if, if an evil father here on earth wouldn't do that, what makes you think that a good father wouldn't care for you? A couple things with that. Ouch, Jesus. You're calling me evil, right? <laughs> what he's saying is like, look, I'm not saying that you're like evil, evil. I'm just saying you're not as good as you think that you are, but even in your goodness, you still shadow me a little bit. Ephesians 3, right? You're, you're still a foreshadow of, the, of a good father. But even in your brokenness, Derek, man, imagine how much more so I will care for you. Imagine. I'll give you good things, but do you trust me that I'll be able to do that? I will care for you. That's what Jesus is trying to get our attention, to see that God is going to care for us. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, because sometimes it's, easy. we're gonna talk about this in a couple weeks, but sometimes it's hard for us to think that God cares for us because we're praying and praying and praying about a situation and we don't see the answer to that prayer, right? But here's what's interesting about the times when we're truly praying. There's, there's other passages in scripture where it talks about prayer as like being like a persistent widow or you know an annoying neighbor knocking in the middle of the night, just knocking on the door until they get what they want, Right? God invites us in to talking to him and asking over and over and over and over again and being persistent, 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 persistent so that it actually builds our trust in him. It's like this. Some of you guys have worked out. Uh, you like that stuff, right? When you work out, what happens? You're lifting weights and it's tearing muscles, right? But what happens when that muscle heals back? It's strong. It's big, bigger, right? Right? This is, this is what we see here. When you're persistent and being torn and you're asking and asking and asking and nothing is happening, when the healing is happening, your faith in your, in your father is developed and it's built. That's how God grows our trust in him. Listen, sometimes he tears us down. He allows the, the heaviness of life to really begin to dig in. And when that happens, man, we lean more into our father and we ask him to move, and we ask him to step in. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this or not, but just in a few short weeks is the four-year mark of when churches and businesses and essentially the world shut down for COVID. Four years, let that sink in. It feels like that was forever ago, right? Or no, it feels like it was just yesterday. Or some of both, right? (laughs) Let's talk about why we feel like that, because it was hard. Right? It was gross. No one would have expected our lives to look the way that it looks like now in some aspects. Man, COVID in itself revealed a lot of our idols when we couldn't go to work and things like that. COVID not just revealed a lot of our idols, it showed where there was a lot of brokenness in our lives. And then when we step back into society, not really being healthy, We've just brought a lot of the brokenness along with us. And the last four years have been a roller coaster for many of us, myself included. I'm not even (laughs) fronting. Many of us are unsure about God's kindness still towards us. Many of us have have wondered, right, uh, four years ago, some of you moved here to help start this church. And you're like, was that the right move? (laughs) You're still here, so maybe, praise God, right? Many of you are are unsure about physical provisions for yourself. Some of you wonder if you're gonna make it through the tough season of that job. You're walking through difficult seasons in your marriage, your parenting, your singleness. You feel torn. I need you to hear me say this, guys. Even in the midst of that, there's no such thing as a wasted experience. I think you may have heard me say that before if you've been here. No such thing as a wasted experience. That the same God who is God and good on the mountaintop is the same God that's God and good in the valleys. And I think oftentimes we just want the, the good God on the mountaintop. But can I tell you something? There's not a lot of growth that happens on the mountaintop. If you ever climbed a mountain, you know you can't really breathe. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you look at pictures of the mountains, the snow mountains, There's no growth happening up there at all. Where's the green? On the bottom, in the valley. And I believe that's where God really does a lot of his good work. Is when we're torn, when we're hurting, when we're sad, when we're broken, when we're pleading and asking him to move. That's where trust is built. That's where he's showing us that he really is God and that he really is good. And that he's our father to us and he's walking with us in that. And that's where trust begins to happen. Family, listen, trust in God isn't just how we begin the trip of Christianity. It's the fuel for the entire journey. Because we need it. And God is determined to strengthen that in your life through him. And sometimes we have to go to God over and over and over and over again to build that trust. And when we come to him over and over and over again, guess what we find out every single time? He's good. He's good, he's good, he's good. He's a good God. And you wanna know how we know that he's a good God? Because the same person that's teaching the disciples how to pray is the same one who would go to die for us out of obedience to the Father. That he could say, yo, you can ask, you can see him as Father, you you can see this kingdom is coming, right? Right? And I, and I know for a fact that all this is going to be true because I'm going to secure it for you by dying for you. He did that out of obedience. Listen, Jesus was forsaken in that moment on the cross, right, so that you and I would not be. Jesus was abandoned so that you and I could be adopted. Jesus had God turn his face away from him, and now because of Jesus, he's looking at us. You know, every time Jesus prays in scripture, he always mentions God as Father. You know one of the one times that he doesn't? It's when he's on the cross. and He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Family, he was forsaken so that we could be in fellowship. We have a chance to rest in that truth family I mean, listen even our trust in god though even that has to be delivered to us though because <laughs> we can't even do that right that's why jesus says yo i gotta give the holy spirit to you so that you can be able to do these things that's why he says at the end of verse 13 if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him Everything that Jesus has done for us, his sinless life, his righteousness, his substitutionary death, his Lord and Savior, his payment of the penalty of our sins, his resurrection to conquer enemies of Satan, sin, and death, all of that is given to us, brought to us, and applied to us by who? The Holy Spirit. This this is a process that people a lot smarter than me call sanctification. And sanctification is brought about how? By the Holy Spirit. First Peter chapter one, verse two reminds us that the Holy Spirit is responsible for the work of sanctification in our lives. What evidence do we have sanctification in our lives? Our lives are different. Our lives are different. Listen, this is what I mean by that. You're not as bad as you used to be, right? You're nowhere near where you want to be, but you're not as bad as you used to be. Some of you guys used to curse like sailors, right? And some of you are like, mm, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) cammy. That's a good face, Cammie. I love that. (laughs) Me and Cammie used to curse like sailors. But now I've heard Cammie. She doesn't curse as fast as she used to anymore, right? (laughs) We're broken people. But if you stop and look at what your life was like before Jesus and what your life looks like now, man, you see change. You see where things have happened. Why? It's because you have been with God you've been able to talk to him and you know that he loves you and you see the evidence around you. And sometimes you need to be reminded of that and that's why he's given us the Holy Spirit to bring to our remembrance the things that Jesus has told us. Because we need that because it's so easy for us to forget it. And here's the thing that I also, that I love about prayer as I kind of land the plane here a little bit. Even though we have an opportunity to talk to God, prayer doesn't start with us. Prayer started with God. God the Son, God the Spirit, God the Father, in eternity past, through present, through future, in community together as this triune God, talking with each other, fellowship with each other, adoring each other, having affection towards each other. They love, serve, glorify, talk with one another. I love that picture. And prayer is where we get an opportunity to step into that conversation. And we get to join in. And we can communicate The Holy Spirit takes up residence in the Christian and gives us that opportunity to allow us to pray. And I love what Scripture says that sometimes when we don't even know what to say to God, the Holy Spirit is talking on our behalf. (laughs) Guys, it all works out together. But here's the question, though. This only comes about when we have that relationship with God to begin with. So I'll, I'll, there's, I'll, Ask it this way, okay? First, there's a group of people that understand that they have a relationship with God. Do you talk to God? Do you talk to God? I'm not saying, you know, just a blessing for your food and thank you for waking me up. Do you talk to God? Because I think for many of us, we can, we'll say yes to that but oftentimes how we live our lives communicate that we really aren't. Here's your application for you. If you would say that you know Jesus, right? Your application out of this is to simply leave out of here and talk to God simply because you can. That is God's grace to you that we don't deserve. That we have an audience with the Father. So that's your application. Just leave out of here. Yo, what's up? I can talk to you. You're hearing me. You love to listen to me. I've got your undivided attention. Man, what a picture to think about. There's another group of people in here, though. This idea of talking to God sounds a little odd. And the reason why it sounds a little odd is because you don't know God. And I'm going to say this as lovingly as I can. It is a grace to you today that you are hearing something like this. That God wants a relationship with you. It's not because of anything you've done. Hear me say this well you're pretty average, as we all are. But even in your being average, God still looks at you and He says, Yo, I want you. I want you. Come, come come, into my fold. Come understand what it means to be loved, to be fully known and fully loved. And when you're at that spot, being able to find yourself at a spot of rest, knowing that you have the audience of the creator. And so maybe I just need to end it and pray towards that end, that today that you would come to salvation because that is the most important decision that you ever make today is praying that initial prayer, God, save me. And when he does, it will change your life forever. Let me pray that now. God, I thank you that there are people here who can take advantage of the fact that they have a chance to step into that intimate relationship with you. That they get a chance to talk to you as Father because you love them and you care for them. I pray, Father, that they would remember that, that they would live in that. They would worship you because of that. Father, for those who are here in this room who do not have a relationship with you, they have not tasted and seen that you are good, Father, I pray that today that you would satisfy their appetite. That you allow them to see that you are for them, that you want to be in a relationship with them because of everything that Jesus has done for them. That they'd realize that it's not by their works they can't leave out of here by being a good person and thinking that that's gonna earn their way to heaven. That, Father, they can submit themselves to you to say that you are the only way and that they would trust that for the first time today. Father, we ask this knowing you can do far more above than what we ask or imagine. Let that be the case. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.